Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Career Metis Podcast. This is your host, Nassar Ahmed. This is episode 115 of the Career Metis Podcast, and this is part of the Career Expert Series. If this is the first time you're joining us, what we have done in this series, we have interviewed career coaches, career professionals, experts from different areas of career advice, whether it's career job search, career advancement, etc., who come and share their advice and insights to help today's job seekers and career professionals. And today, our expert guest is Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez is an accomplished business executive, and her specialty is that she is a slayer of the imposter syndrome. She's, she has helped others, uh, other high achievers, find inner peace and overcoming their own demons and, how, uh, and to overcome this particular syndrome. She's also a published author, and we'll be learning more about that as we go along. And today she'll be talking to the audience about the imposter syndrome, how you can overcome that, and how she has helped others as well. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nassar. Thank you so much for having me. Before we get into the whole topic, this topic is something that I personally have struggled with in my career, even recently, whether when I, when I started out or when I've started a new company or a new promotion. And I think it, I assume that most people go through this. So when I first saw your bio, I was excited to have bring you on board and have you discuss that further. But before we get into the actual topic, I would love to, I think the audience also would love to learn a little bit more about you. So if you can start off by a little bit about your experience, your story, and you know how you arrived today being a coach and a published author. Certainly. Well, I started in my career at the tender age of 19, coming out of high school and into college, working on my bachelor's degree. I fell into the logistics and transportation industry, and it was a tough industry to grow up in as a young woman who is uh, of a Latin background. And again, it's a male-dominated industry. I kind of fell into it with all things being out of place. It was like the game one of these things is not like the other. I was the wrong age, the wrong ethnic background, and the wrong gender to really thrive and succeed in this role. But luckily, through great mentorship and leadership, consistent determination, education, training, and a desire to always achieve more, I have been able to build a thriving career in this industry. I'm still in the industry today after I'm more than two decades. And now I'm able to reframe my thought patterns around success because I have dealt with the imposter syndrome in my own experience. As I said, coming in, I was feeling out of place. There was a sense of inadequacy that I had to be something other than who I was in order to be successful. And I required a lot of validation. I was always looking around for some sort of proof that I was fooling everyone and that I belonged here. But really, everyone around me seemed to believe I belonged. It was me that struggled with it. And that's what the imposter syndrome is. It's the difficulty to internalize your success. And so you feel like a fraud or a phony, even though everything around you, like your academics, your training, your track record, your title, your influence, everything around you tells you you are 
valid. You do belong here. You clearly can do this, yet you still struggle with waking up every day and going to work. Like, do I really belong here? And I just got tired of feeling that way. I thought, man, if I could just learn to really appreciate who I am and what I do as much as everyone around me does, then my impact could be just as much more strong than it is now. And so I did the mental framework. I did a quick and um, scary career change three years ago. And then since that career change, I have been able to not only focus on my internal rhetoric change, but I've been able to coach and influence others who are looking for a strategy to level up in their own careers, but they're struggling with sort of that internal negativity. Because the executive dossier side of coaching has, has always been pretty easy for me, you know, as far as creating resumes and elevating your LinkedIn profile, how to interview like a pro and all those things always felt easy to me. But it's what's not easy is helping people change how they speak to themselves about themselves before they get into that situation. And so in April of this year, I submitted my manuscript for my very first book, Own Your Brilliance, Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. It published in June. And since then, I've been invited to speak, host workshops, and train and coach men and women of different backgrounds to level up in their own career with confidence and gratitude. I definitely would love to learn more about the book as we go along in the interview. But first of all, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you brought up a great point. You said that someone like you and you know myself and anybody who's interested in advancing their careers, there's a lot of information on how to clean up your resume, how to practice for interviews, your LinkedIn profile, networking, et cetera. But this imposter syndrome is something internal, all right? It is, everything else is external. You can fix it, but this just pops up. So why do you think most professionals have this challenge when during their career? I believe that the reason why they have this challenge in their career is because it's, we have this unique ability to have respect and admiration for others without judgment. But when it comes to giving ourselves that kind of credit, there's this negative thought of we're being boastful or prideful or, and it's tied to something negative, right? And so therefore we downplay ourselves, we downplay our, our abilities. We have a hard time really highlighting our greatness, but we'll see someone else and say, wow, look at them. Like they're really doing it. They're out there, they're making moves. They're so successful. Like that to them, that is a, uh, or to us really, that's a success story. Like, wow, it's so easy to be able with reverence and humility to give everyone else credit but when it comes to us, it's somehow negative. I mean, ask yourself, right? And sorry, like, if, do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? You are awesome. Like, look at all you've accomplished. You should be very proud of yourself. You know, it feels kind of awkward, right? You feel like, oh. and so when someone else says it to you, you may accept it a little bit more. Someone says, Nassar, you know what? You, wow, you are so successful. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished. You've really done amazing work. I hope you really understand the impact that you're doing and you're having on the world, you may nod and say, well, well thank you, you know, but walk away thinking, they have no idea. <laughs> they really have no idea. Like, I'm just winging it. I really have no clue what I'm doing. That's the imposter syndrome. It's like, you still can only accept it from an outside source, but then put it through your own filter. And, but it's so easy for, for you to show reverence and respect and admiration to other people mm -hmm. because you don't get to filter how they feel. That is so true. 
because uh, you know i'm just i was visualizing what he just said you know we read about someone we meet someone successful we admire them a lot but we don't take a moment to admire ourselves or give respect to the accomplishments we have had i go through this every day i'm being honest like I, you know i have a successful career i have a successful publication the podcast but every day i feel like wow i'm behind or something like that it's because of that moment of not stopping and appreciating yourself before we get into i i know anyone listening to this wants to hear the solution but before we get into this i wanted to ask you this question what if someone doesn't pay attention to this what is the implication if they don't try to solve this as they go along their careers well unfortunately it'll sh- you know our bodies are innate truth tellers right when we don't speak our truth and we don't you can't heal what you can't speak which is something iyana vanzant says a lot when you don't acknowledge what's going on inside you it's going to show up in other ways and for the imposter syndrome sufferer it shows up in your leadership style your organizational culture the cultivation of your work life balance the trajectory of the potential of your career because you may talk yourself out of an opportunity before even even stepping forward and interviewing you know because you've got this these thoughts in your head that say mm, that's too big don't go for that yet yeah so it becomes self limiting right you might get an opportunity then you doubt yourself and don't apply for that opportunity and so you're Correct. not changing your career that's uh, that's interesting so now we spoke about the problem you know what happens if you don't pay attention let's flip the script and let's let's find out if you know how does someone overcome this and what can they do well like i said we, we need to really call a thing a thing can't heal what you can't speak and so what i do is i help people understand their yukon the yukon is my acronym that i mentioned in my book and it stands for your unique cocktail of needs depending on what you deem competent then we can really understand which of the five competencies you fall under there's five different competency types that are phrased in the imposter syndrome and the study of the five competencies was something that Dr. Valerie Young put out in her book The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women and she just really gathered a bunch of data from the original 1982 article that came out of George State University about the imposter syndrome and then made that study even more relevant to what's going on in the career arena today. And Dr. Valerie Young actually gave me an advance praise on my book for those who purchased my book or are going to if you turn to the back you can see her commentary on my book. But what I do is I help them understand of the five different competency types which one most sounds like you or which cocktail out of the five most sounds like you because Usually people are about 2 to 3, sometimes 4 of the 5. They'll say, "Yeah, I'm a little bit of the perfectionist. I'm definitely the expert. I have a little bit of that rugged individualist in me and some of that natural genius." And I can go into those five competencies and how they are described. But once we understand your Yukon, then I know how to disrupt the pattern of the thought process that you have become so familiar with that's been limiting you this far to really enjoying your success. and we do mental a uh, mindset work to help change that thought pattern because it starts with you your resume could be stellar already maybe you're a good networker maybe interviewing doesn't necessarily make you feel nervous but regardless you can do well in all those things and then land that job and you're sitting in this job carrying this yukon mentality and so you can't really fully serve in your full capacity and really appreciate 
and accept all the benefits and success that come with your service because you're carrying these thoughts. And so that's how we overcome them. It's, it's steady mindset work that's done over a period of time to help change how you speak to yourself about yourself. Okay. And so it's a lot of self-introspection, self-talk. And if they do that, they will be able to see themselves in a better light. And let me ask you, maybe, maybe the answer is obvious, but maybe you have other insights. What are the benefits? Let's say they overcome the imposter syndrome. What are some of the changes they can see in themselves? Well, definitely increased emotional intelligence. That's number one. Because when you carry a higher level of emotional intelligence, you can be a better leader. You can be a better decision maker. Your organizational culture will thrive because of it. You will be able to cultivate a comfortable work-life balance that works for you because you're not constantly berating yourself with what you should be doing or what you could be doing or who is ahead of you while you're behind. And there's this constant need for validation. If you validate yourself and you create that leadership style within yourself, then you can make that much of an impact on the people who follow you. When you sense your employees are carrying some sort of negative thought pattern and it shows up in their inability to to appreciate what they do without judgment, then you can speak to that. Say, hey, no, I understand what you're feeling, you know? And you can be empathetic and compassionate and help them overcome their own imposter struggles. But you don't know what that's like and you don't know what to look for until you've worked on it yourself. You mentioned leadership quite a few times, leading others, emotional intelligence. Could you expand on that? Like, you know, I obviously see the benefit of, like the benefit to yourself, which is greater. How does this, improve leadership styles? Well, with the emotional intelligence work, because I do also include that in my program when I work with people, definitely focusing on the self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. That is what helps you develop the leadership style that helps improve things like turnover rate, loyalty, job satisfaction. When you have that leader, you're that level five leader that Jim Collins speaks about in his book, Good to Great. It benefits your quality of life in your career, number one, but then people want to work with you. People follow you. People stand behind you. They get behind your ideas. They trust you. And we have seen over and over in countless leaders that are thriving because of this self-awareness. A really good example that I love reading about is Jeff Wiener of LinkedIn Uh and how he has been the top award-winning leader of the century almost, you know? And his whole thing is empathy and compassion and surrounding yourself with people that dream big, get things done and have a good time because that's the kind of kind of person he is. But he knows that about himself because he spent time working on his emotional intelligence. He's dealt with his internal rhetoric and he doesn't allow his insecurities and inadequacies to taint the way he treats people. Because it's a lot sometimes. As an imposter syndrome sufferer, I recall needing a lot of validation by my outside world. Because I needed the world to tell me you're not an imposter with little things. My boss telling me it was, hey, hey boss, is this okay? I'm going to send this out. Is this good? Do you like it? Is it working? And he would tell me, yeah, looks good or no, change it. But I needed consistent validation. I needed my employees to feel that they admired me and respected me. And if I didn't feel that from them, it, was, it would evoke sort of anger, but really it was fear. 
because I'm like, oh gosh, they're figuring me out. I don't, I'm not who they think I am. You know, so it's, it's an inability to really hone in on your brilliance in a way that's going to benefit you and the department. And that's why I say leadership style is so powerful because the type A leader as effective is no longer. That bull in the china shop, that get her done, shark kind of leader, that assertive, abrasive, aggressive, tyrannical leadership style doesn't work anymore. It's a different society we live in now, a different environment that we're in. And with the unemployment rate being at its all-time low right now, there is a lot of opportunity for candidates. They can afford to be picky. And so really, if you're that leader and you, can't, you have a, a loyal following of people that trust you, then you don't have to be worried about losing really good staff, keeping that talent close by because of the type of leader that you are. That is so true. And thanks for sharing the example of Jeff Wiener. Definitely, he's one who's well known and well admired. And I mean, we all know the success the company has had, and it relies so much on the leadership style. The last question I wanted to ask is, we talked a lot about career, we talked a lot about leadership, career advancement, etc. And one of the things that you also specialize in is the whole concept of work-life balance. Something I wanted to bring that up because I personally think it is attached to the uh, the whole people struggle with that and it does affect their work and if their work affects their the work affects their life outside of work. That's the way I see it. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I feel that when I started to do the work that I needed to do to achieve my own version of work life balance, I really wanted to be that master in the art of living sort of who draws no sharp distinction between work and play. You know, it's actually a quote by James A. Michener. May I read it to you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It says, the master in the art of living makes no little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. And so I just really wanted that for myself. I'm like, I want to have a good time and whatever I'm doing, I want to be able to do everything that I do wholeheartedly. I wanted to allow myself to be vulnerable enough to stay connected to what I'm doing at the moment, whether that be having a conversation, leading a, a meeting, working on a project, writing a blog, sitting with my children, date night with my husband, whatever it was, I just needed to be present. And that's why I had to make my career change three years ago because I wasn't present. 80% of my identity was at work and 20% was everything else. And that small 20% had to be shared by the people I love, my husband, my, my mom, my grandmother, my children, and there was no time spent on myself. They actually had no idea what self-care was. Never heard the term. It just wasn't a part of my reality at the moment. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, our bodies are innate truth tellers. And my body started to show signs of fatigue and burnout. So I had to make a change. And really, the cultivation for work-life balance for me is just focusing as much, at least a little bit of your day on just you spending time with yourself. So I did two things to kind of get myself kick-started. 
I changed my sleep pattern so that I slept at least seven hours a night. This was something that I learned from reading Thrive by Ariana Huffington on the importance of sleep. So I started doing uh, what I had to do to be sure I was in bed at a certain hour so that I can guarantee seven hours of sleep. And I realized that when I got seven hours of sleep, I was actually at my best self the next day. When it's when I don't get seven hours of sleep that I'm kind of dragging, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just going through the motions, but I know I feel it in my mind and my spirit and my heart. I feel it like, gosh, I could, I, I only got five hours last night. I really could have used those two more, you know, but my, I've accustomed my body to that and my energy level, my creativity, my stress has improved drastically just by doing that, just by making sure that I get seven hours of sleep. And the second thing I started doing was just that power hour. You know, a lot of people talk about it, waking up in the morning and spending an hour with yourself, with whatever you have to do to fill your own cup, prayer, meditation, journaling, reading, but just ingesting positive affirm affirmations that really set the tone for your day because you don't know what the day is going to bring, but you can decide how you're going to show up today. And so the cultivation of work-life balance for myself was that part of it. But I also do talk to my clients who are many are working parents on how to just delegate things so that they could spend more time doing the things they love to do. You know, if it's something as simple as hiring a cleaning service to come in every other week or having groceries delivered to your home rather than spending, you know, 45 minutes to an hour at the grocery store. Think about your time as in terms of value. What do you love doing? Do you love doing puzzles with your children? Do you love reading? Do you like to paint? Do you need a nap sometimes in the afternoon? Whatever it is that you, that you love doing that you can just sit and do for hours and just lose track of time. For busy corporate people who are out here working, these business people who are out here doing things, making moves, handling major budgets, and doing these career changes and advancements in different areas professionally, you need that foundation. You need to be able to spend time just on yourself and, and with the people you love because that 80-20 that I had going on three years ago is unsustainable. And so my goal is to help people cultivate a, a design of life that works for them. Now that sounds great. I think uh, what I really like this, you, when people ask about work-life balance, most of the time they just give you advice, but you gave up, you personalized it, told what you did that helps myself and the audience really understand what to do as well. So that is a great response. As we are about to come to a close, tell us how the audience can find you, how they can learn more about you. Maybe this is also an opportunity to tell a little bit more about the book as well. Absolutely. You can find my book on Amazon. It's titled Own Your Brilliance, Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. You, it's available on Kindle and on paperback. You can also go to my website, which is www.michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, middle initial M for Martha, Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z.com. If you go there, there's a ton of freebies you can definitely, your listeners can take advantage of. You can get a free copy of my book, free ebook copy sent to your email. You can join my mailing list and get a chance to read everything I've ever written in the blog section. And I'm offering free 30-minute career strategy sessions. So if you're considering a career change in 2019, whether it's promoting or transitioning into something different or a different company in the same industry, and you're not sure how to go about it, 
Maybe you have some imposter syndrome thoughts that are stopping you from even trying. Then I'd be happy to discuss your Yukon, how we can strategize the changing of your thought pattern and then get into the elevation of your career, heading in the direction that you're trying to go. So there's a link on my website where you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me as well. That is great. Thank you. And I'll make sure to add all of those resources in the show notes. Michelle, you shared a lot of great ideas during the interview. Thank you. Before we wrap up, any last words that you'd like to share with the audience? I want you to know that, you know, sometimes what is ordinary to you is extraordinary to others. And so if you're ever concerned that you're not enough or you're not of value or somebody's not going to see your value, I would ask you to just pause and take a moment that not everyone knows what you know. And there are other are people that will pay for your expertise, for the things that you love doing. And it's, you deserve to have a position, a job, a career that pays you for what you're good at and that you enjoy doing. So let's get on a phone call and figure out how that could become your reality. That's a great call to action and summary. Thank you very much for joining the Career Medis podcast. No, thank you, Nassar. Thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode of the Career Medis podcast. As mentioned during my interview, I've written a summary of the interview with links to resources and you can find that in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really, really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.